0: Welcome to a different type of format for today's podcast. Our special guest today is Craig Lucas from 101 Mobility of Harrisburg, and I'm your host, Warren Butfinick. Welcome to the show, Craig. Hey, Warren, nice to talk to you. I hope everything's going well. Real good. How about you? Yeah, we're we're staying busy. Good. Now, I've seen you at a couple of our support group meetings, and each time I told myself I need to get you on the podcast, I finally got you. So I'm glad you agreed to come on.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Sure.
0: So just to let everybody know where you're from, you're from the uh, harrisburg.101mobility.com is your website. Yeah, sure. Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 p.m. And you have two phone numbers, uh, 717-896-6461 and 717-775-5852. Yeah, usually the 5852 is a better number for us. Okay. And you're at 507 North York Street in
1: Mechanicsburg, 17055. That is correct. We're in suite three, which faces, the building's got a bunch of different companies here, and our office space is south. We got about 1,700 square feet.
0: Oh, good. And uh, people can come in and look around, is that correct?
1: Yes, but I would have them call for an appointment, because one of our rules around here is um, you don't help anybody by sitting at a desk. You got to get up and go out and see them. Right. And it seems like the things you specialize in
0: are stair lifts, elevators, and patient lifts. Is that the main bulk of your business?
1: Yeah, ramps, I would throw ramps, stair lifts, vertical platform lifts, elevators, and then we help people out with lift chairs and scooters if they need. Um, but our showroom's kind of small, and uh, like I said, we're, we're more times out there helping people put in machines. Right,
0: and you say your hours are nine to five, but I assume that's not a fixed schedule.
1: No, no, we remain very flexible. If right. I can get out of here at ten o'clock at night, I'm doing well. I figured that. Just want everybody to know that
0: you're very accessible. Now now our, our goal here is strictly to to influence people with Parkinson's. So everything is I know you have other people that you take care of, but in this conversation, we'll just stick to Parkinson's. Okay. So let's say somebody just finds out they have Parkinson's, they're sixty-five years old. They're doing fairly well, but they have a little bit of trouble, but not nothing that's bad. It's probably best, I assume, to to talk to you first. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it's, we we give free evaluations, so um, our first meetings usually are about education. Uh, the people educate me on their situation, uh, their limitations. I educate them on what we can offer, and uh, we usually walk through the house and we'll look at different things and understand how we might be able to help them. Or if it's not us, maybe we can point them in the right direction and there's somebody else that'll help them. Right. Cause you may yes. see,
0: you may see something that say like, Oh, that step over there is going to be kind of dangerous when you get a little bit older, especially with Parkinson's. So maybe we'll put a ramp in there before something
1: bad happens. Right. And we're all about fall prevention. So a lot of times people will say, well, if we put in a stair lift, should we take this handrail out? I go, you know what? I like that handrail. Right. We can work around the handrail. And that way having a handrail and a stair lift is a positive thing because people may feel like they want to get a little exercise and they go up the stairs, but if you don't have a handrail, they're putting themselves into danger. So right. Right. I'm not against using stairs. I'm against having people fall. Exactly, and uh, l-
0: luckily, people with Parkinson's actually do best on the steps. I don't know if you've you seen that? that. That's easier to walk, go up and down steps than it is on the floor. On the floor.
1: Yeah. So that's something to, rem- of- to remember from my standpoint too. I'm always learning myself, and that's where people help me to understand their limitations, so I can help them with their limitations. Right, and the thing people don't realize is. It's because it's easy to go up and down
0: stairs. It's still a danger if they don't hold on or if they're carrying a glass or a book or something like that. They still have to yeah. be careful because the worst thing we always talk about on this website and our podcast is a fall could ruin your life and, and the life of people
1: around you. Yes. I had a gentleman call me. It's like on a Tuesday, and he said, you got to come fix my stair lift. You go, yes, sir. Is there, is there an urgency? Is anybody stuck? you know, do you need, when do we need to get this fixed by? He said, well, definitely got to get it fixed by Monday. I go, why Monday? He goes, cause that's when we do laundry. I, go, laundry? Goes, yeah, I don't mind going up and down those steps, but I ain't taking that laundry basket. And they had it down to a science. His wife, every Monday would put that laundry basket on the stair lift. She'd press the button for the remote, send it down to the stairs. He'd take the basket off, put it in the washer, put it in the dryer. Put it back in the basket send it back up to the next level she'd fold it and put it away nice that was their system and and as he put it it made a lot of sense i can go up and down the stairs okay if they're carrying that laundry basket i'm you know i'm gonna kill myself doing that
0: right right yeah anything you have to multitask is a, is a danger with parkinson's and, right uh, that, that's something you have to stress. it's a danger for
1: anybody right i don't care what you <laughs> Even me, if I'm not careful, I'm trying to carry too much of it down the stairs. Right, I will put my extremis if I'm not careful.
0: So I think that the the first thing that probably could, would occur if somebody's diagnosed with Parkinson's is is a ramp. I would I would think. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, the ramp is tricky because of the uh, the, the laws in each township. The, there's a certain grade that's uh, that has to be done. Is that correct?
1: Well. Let's kind of roll back then. Let's talk about ramps in general. ADA recommends for every one inch of a rise, you should have a foot of ramp. And that gives you a 4.8 degree slope. Now, that has been designed so people that are in a wheelchair and trying to go up it with basically hand um, motorization um, can get up and down and get into government buildings and commercial buildings. When it comes to your residence, there are no ADA police that are going to come out and check your house or give you a ticket or give you a warning or any of that. It's your home. You can set it up how you want. Now, you have to be careful. The one-inch rise or one-foot of ramp for every one-inch rise um, gives you that 4.8-degree slope, and I always tell people think of it like a, a big linebacker and a little cheerleader. Um, that little cheerleader gets hurt. That big linebacker can probably take her up any sort of ramp. He can probably pick her up and carry her. Um, but if it's the other way around and you're trying to – that little cheerleader is trying to push that big linebacker up the ramp, it could roll back over the top of her, and now you got two people right. in wheelchairs. So I like the one-inch rise, one foot of ramp um, ratio because it keep, it keeps it so – that any caregiver or anybody can help somebody up a ramp. And I've had people come back and they decided for every two inches of rise, they wanted a foot a ramp. I'm like, that's fine. And, and it was fine with the family, but all of a sudden they had caregivers that were having problems. Right. So they asked me to come back and put in more ramp. And I'm like, okay. And so it's, it's one of those things where you, you, you got to fashion it to, make sure it supports and helps you. And you got to also think long term because you might be able to roll your significant other up a ramp right now, but are you going to be able to in a year, two years? Um, And what does that look like? So I want people to, we're not out to stick it to people, we're out to help people. (laughs) And so um, I try to caution people not to waste their money or make us come back again and redo something that they could do in the first place. Right, because you can't go wrong with doing it with the one inch per foot. Yeah, it's a good guideline, and that's why the government – you know, the government takes a long time to come up with any decision, so if they made that decision, they put a lot of thought into it.
0: Right. Now, the rise we're talking about – assume each step is roughly, what, six inches or so when you're going on a porch? Um, I wouldn't assume
1: anything. I'd take a tape measure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <But> i <I'm> just, <laughs> just saying, <laughs> six, six inches, Wait. you have three steps. That's 18 feet of ramp you need. Right.
1: And, that's and that's there's a, another thing you have to look at is the slope of the terrain. Does the slope come up to meet you, or does the slope of the, the terrain at the end of the ramp go down? If the terrain goes down, you got to be careful because that is increasing your rise. Right. But if it's the other way around you know <laughs> you might not need as much ramp because that land comes up and becomes a natural uh lamp in itself
0: right so sometimes you probably go to people's homes and they've got 20 20 inches of rise and they think they, they can get away with a small ramp
1: but it, it doesn't work that way no and 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 you So we look at the overall rise on the terrain and the the porch, let's say, and we recommend what we think is going to be the best fit or the best situation. Um, One lady I thought was very insightful. We were talking with her about taking – you know, she had a choice of going on the front door or the back door, and she just looked at me and said, I want to go on the back door. I go, okay, why the back door? She said, because I don't want to put out a sign to all the hoodlums out there that – somebody that that needs help right sometimes they feed on us the weaker ones and i go i don't i wouldn't consider you weaker but i like your point i'm gonna kind of put that in my bag of tricks because um i like the fact that going in the back door was about the same as going in the front door and you might as well go back door just so you don't bring attention to the house
0: right
1: Right. Now, now these ramps you said that
0: you can go back and put in extra feet, so that your ramps are not concrete. Then they're they're metal
1: ramps, right? We use we do portable ramps, and we do um, a, a modified ramp that's basically in segments. And so it's like in some ways it's a big Erector set. We have different lengths of ramp and handrails and feet, so that we can take all our parts and make a ramp for you, and. It, because it's a, a modular ramp, it's not necessarily a permanent ramp. So you can get away with not having to, in some some jurisdictions, you don't have to get a permit and go through all the uh, legal stuff. It becomes a simpler evolution because it only takes three or four hours to set it up. And now it's sturdy. It's uh, 36 inches wide. It's got handrails. But if you need us to take it down or put it up, we can, we not only sell them, but we rent them. Usually a a good rule of thumb is $10 a linear foot for ramp rental and $40 a square foot for ramp purchase. Hmm. And we put a a five by five foot landing in front of the door. So it helps you negotiate a door, um, the opening and shutting of a door without having to worry about being on an angled surface. And then every time you take a turn, you want another five foot by five foot landing so that you can make the turn effectively. And if you have to do like either a 180 or a 90 or something like that. And then every 30 feet, you want to put one on there just as a rest area.
0: It sounds like you have a lot of uh, options, especially if it's temporary. Right. Like if you have a right. grandmother, grandmother's going to come over for Christmas for a few days and, and they're in a right. wheelchair. Yeah, school.
1: and the purple ones are really nice because we get that a lot at the holidays we go up to 10 foot on a portable ramp and basically you can fold it in a half and carry it like a big old suitcase. Right. Good. And some of them look like uh, aluminum origami. They fold into about four parts, uh, the 10 foot ramps, but you know, I can carry them. Not everybody can. I had a little lady who wanted a a 10 foot ramp and I said, ma'am, would you, are you going to be able to lift this? And she said, "No." I don't know. We'll see. So I took a 10 foot and a six foot ramp and that 10 foot was a little too much for her to carry, but the six foot wasn't bad and she liked that. So okay. that was, so she carries it in her car now when she goes to visit her, her, uh, uh, grandkids and such, she'll just pull that ramp out of the back of her car and put it up okay. there so she can get in the house. And I'm like, That's great. Man, I love your, uh, independence. And you're saying it's a uh, $10 a foot to rent it? Um, that's the modular ramps. The uh, portable ramps are going to be a little bit different just because they got to put a lot more, uh, long-term, um, the folding and all the handles and all that stuff on there. So those will be priced a little bit differently. But, to, but to, the, to rent it, how much would it cost for like a week? Um, usually we rent them by the month. Okay. Um, and the 10 foot are about $150 for the month. And, uh, uh, six foot's about $100, so somewhere in there. That's good. I'm sure a
0: lot of people don't know that's an option. and the, and, the, yeah. and their relatives may not even come over
1: because there's no ramp. Well, and I I, I was at Arlington Cemetery yesterday. Uh, a friend of mine was interned at Arlington, and I watched as his mother was in a wheelchair and they were at the chapel at Arlington. and Of all places, they didn't have a ramp. Wow. And I watched with great horror and pain as they brought her down in a wheelchair and on concrete steps. And she's just getting, you know, you can see her head bouncing. Right. And, and I, I just looked. I go, oh, my goodness. And I wanted to just go get them a ramp and put it in that yesterday. But I'm like, okay, Lucas, focus, focus on the objective right now. Don't be getting distracted. But it really made me sad, and it reminded me how important a ramp can be.
0: Yes, especially when they don't tell you why they don't want to come and visit. You know, they, they don't want to put you out, but it's just right. you can't get up the steps. Okay, so right. let's, let's move on to the, uh, the, the stair lift. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's, uh, either, you either get that or you don't get that. There's no, there's no different choices, I assume. Maybe more heavy-duty, but not, it just
1: has to go all the way up to the top. Warren, when it comes down to it, there are so many choices for a stairlift that will make you dizzy, but in the end, I try to offer the basics, and we talk about it like a car. Um, you know, this is a basic Ford, but if you want to add different options, you can. It's just going to cost you more money, and so many times, um, no matter what the situation is, I have people that are unfixed incomes of some sort or have limited resources and I make sure that we try to take care of them first and then if they want options because they want an extra padded seat or they want the, the stair lift to turn at the top of the stairs automatically or if they need a folding rail or all these options those that's a little that's like talking about what kind of stereo you want in your car it's right. I want to make sure we accomplish the mission first and then if we if we can offer them options and it makes their life easier or it makes their life more pleasurable, then have at it, go for it. And I will make sure that they understand those options. Um, some of the basics we talk about when it comes to a stairlift are weight. Most of the economy stairlifts go up to 300 pounds, but then the next level goes up to 400 pounds. And I've even got a, a stair lift I can offer that goes up to 600 pounds. Now there's quite a bit of engineering that has to go into a stair lift that can go up 600 pounds, carry a 600 pound person. So you're going to, of course, pay more money for that, but we're able to offer that to people and it's able to help them to get up and down stairs.
0: That's good. And uh, the only problem is people that have a uh, sort of a winding stairway, not really winding, but
1: different, different landings. Yeah, I'd say in Pennsylvania, it's nice because most of our stair lifts we run into are straight. But a curved rail stair lift will usually take you from a, let's say a basic straight rail economy stair lift is going to be about $3,100 installed. Um, you know, plus or minus 100, 200, but that's about the, the going rate. You go into a curved rail, now that has to be custom made for that stair lift. So you have two problems with that first problem is you're going to have to have welders weld steel and take you have to have a guy like me come in and take all the measurements. Well, my the companies I work with have come up with these, they look like dominoes and they're, um, you put them all over the stairs on each side, up the middle, every time it turns. So I put my dominoes all over the stairs and I take a Rebel EOS camera and I shoot about 90 to 100 pictures at every different angle on that staircase, and then I feed that into my laptop, and the program tells me if I did it right or not, and if I did it right, then it says, you're okay. I send it to Bruno in one case. Uh, Bruno will take that, download all that information, and basically make a topographical map of your winding staircase, and then once they've made their topographical map, they will then create a stair lift rail that will follow that and then they will send that down to their welders and they will spend a couple days down there welding steel to make that custom stair lift. Then they'll cut it into sections and send it and paint it and do all the prep work on the rail itself and then they'll send it to us and we will go and install it. Um, It is quite a production and increases your cost three to four times what a normal stair lift would be but it is something to behold. It is it is quite a quite a built like a tank. It's right. not going anywhere. And so it's very stable. And that's always one of the fears when you're using a stair lift is that it might not be stable. So we're very careful to over engineer the machines we work with and uh over engineer the installations.
0: Okay, so, okay. so the st-
1: standard ramp is about three thousand dollars,
0: three 000 to four thousand and the uh the one that you have to do to go around the corners
1: is about two to three times that amount of money. Yeah, we break it down into a straight stair lift, $3,100 if it's a 16-foot or less stairs, and then a curved rail is three to four times that cost. Right.
0: Now, does that push people into realizing that maybe an elevator may be a better idea?
1: Well, and some of the the elevator guys always tell me it's much cooler to be in an elevator. <laughs> And I go, you know, I, I got to admit, it is pretty cool. Um, an elevator tends to cost you about 20000 to $22,000 uh, to put in an elevator. Mm-hmm. And then there's, of course, you need to get a hole in your floor. And uh, that's a whole other discussion because every house is a snowflake. Um, it's Every one of them is different. So cutting a hole in one person's house is uh, easy and the next person you might have to have different pipes go different directions or change your HVAC ducting or something of that nature because there's a lot that goes into a floor these days so it's uh, it can be very challenging so I usually work with contractors and they'll do the, the hole and we'll put in the machine and. Right. It's, it's very nice because well, we just had an ALS patient the other day and he was stuck in his house and we put in the um a residential elevator and once we were done he had his freedom back. Right, that's and great. He could come and go as he pleased. And his the smile on his face was made it all worthwhile. Well. Right. And and uh... um
0: could this go through three three levels, or is it just two levels? Like, if somebody has laundry like that person in the basement, could mm-hmm. uh, could it go up to the uh, basement to the second
1: floor? Yeah, we work with stilts and lift-on, and they just came out with, in August this year, a uh, a three-stop uh, lift, and it can go three floors now, go nice. through two floors. And they got it they pretty well figured out, so... It's uh, the the technology is there because the the need is growing. Whether it be from um, just basic aging, but there's a lot of there's a lot of people that need these products, and there's definitely a demand, and we're seeing it. And the old older elevators used to cost a lot more money, so the fact that they've you know cut the cost probably in half has helped open up the possibility of an elevator for a lot of different people. And what's the, what's the cost of the uh, the, the three stop elevator? You know what I, I don't know because I haven't had so, the price one yet. So uh, I figure the 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 duo that we carry is about twenty thousand dollars and the, the trio is about twenty two to twenty four thousand and that'll fit a wheelchair um, I can only think that a 3 stops is just going to be a little bit incremental above that.
0: Like 30,000 to 30,000 in that range. I think it's probably going to be less than 30,000, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, cause that's that, that does give people a lot of freedom.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> it's life-changing. I mean, I had a lady, she, uh, she had us put in a stair lift, and we're putting it in, and I started joking with her. I said, Barbara, you're going to have a lot more room to roll around in here she looked at me dead in the eye and she goes craig i haven't slept in my bed for two years i just right. want to get upstairs and sleep in my bed and i went oh, you're breaking my heart right. i looked for it lindell one of my installers he goes i got this i got this i heard it i got <laughs> it no problem she'll be sleeping in her bed tonight and she was so it was great it's it's one of those things that really keeps you motivated to do your job and do it right right
0: now now we talk about parkinson's being mm-hmm. it's progressive so it's, right. not, it's not like a stroke or, or something or s- somebody had a leg taken off or some some disability like that. This is something every six months will get a little bit worse. So you have to plan ahead. It's different than uh, people that have just, just a disability, I would assume. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. is it, but the items are still the same. There's nothing special about uh, Parkinson's items. Is that correct? It's just the same? It's just a matter of needing, needing more help as time goes on? I think the big thing to remember is
1: um, transfer. So if somebody's in a wheelchair and they can transfer, they can use a stair lift. If they can't transfer, they can't use a stair lift. And so that progressive problem of, you know, I can go upstairs today because I can hold on to a handrail, hold on to the handrail and go. Um, now I need a stair lift. Okay. Now I'm in a wheelchair and I can't transfer. Now that's a game changer. Um, had a gentleman, his wife is in in need, she cannot transfer over to a stair lift any longer. And we're gonna put in what's called a an individual platform lift. So basically it's like a stair lift in some ways because it goes up and down the stairs. In fact, it's gonna be on the we're going to pull out the stair lift. We're going to put this IPL in its place. And what it is, is a, is a big platform that you can roll a, a wheelchair onto. And then you press the button and it takes you downstairs. And that platform stays level and just has two rails on either side of it. And it kind of floats above the stairs till it gets down to the floor. And then she's going to be able to trans- transition from that platform to the in this case it's the basement floor hmm. and uh, it's a it's a great option it, we use the Butler ones because they're built like tanks they're just um, they're amazing because they're, they're gonna last 15 20 years probably in some cases and uh, they're just solid machines and is that
0: and, is that going down on both sides of the stairway or we still on
1: one side what it does is it covers the whole width of the stairway basically with that platform. And when it's down at the bottom, it's almost like a little welcome, well, little, it's like a welcome mat almost. It's a, that platform will lie flat on the basement floor in this case. And people can walk right over the top of it. Um, and it has the rails. They'll be on both sides of the, uh, the staircase and that'll, you know, be powered up and and down. And so when it's not in use, um, they'll just send it down to the basement and let it lie flat. And they can use the stairs just like they always did.
0: Nice. Nice. Right. So, and how much does that cost? Do you have a price on that roughly? We're about twenty thousand
1: dollars for one of those. Okay.
0: So as you get it the higher end, it's kind of a difficult choice whether you go with an elevator or one of those
1: lifts. Mm-hmm. and the gentleman said he didn't, want to, he didn't want to use up any of his floor space and he didn't want to have to cut a hole in his floor mm-hmm. I said I, think I got the one for you and so it was fun because I was having a pre- uh, conversation with the president of Butler Mobility and the owner and uh, I said uh, you want to go on a sales call with me and he came with me and he helped me take the measurements and go through the whole process and he was able to teach me some
0: good stuff too it was nice good okay so uh we, we the last thing i wanted to Boy, bring up
1: by the way, butler is local they're in lewisbury are so they that's what made it even a little more fun because he's going to train my guys so that if he has installations and my guys have some downtime they can go install
0: for him that's great so something that's something good. needs a little maintenance you don't have to go far for the
1: item Yes, yeah, yeah, it's local and uh, it's nice because we're building a relationship with them that'll be a win-win for everybody. And what's the name of the company? Butler. Butler Mobility. Butler
0: Mobility. Okay. And and they could call you, and you could transfer the call to them, I assume. If it's
1: like, we're going to do, we're going to help them do evaluations, and we're going to help them do installations. Right. So we're we'll be working as a team. Good now the patient lifts that's that's what they
0: use if some if a nurse can't take a patient off the bed they put him in this kind of like a sack and they they raise them up and put him on a wheelchair is that what right. is that
1: what you, what you sell well we 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 have um, patient lifts like that we have uh sit to stand uh we also have overhead patient lifts uh we're working with a family out um, Newville and they needed a patient lift with a rail system. that's going to go through five different rooms in the house. So basically they're able to lift their loved one up and uh, transport them from room to room. Uh, at one point they'll be able to make the decision to go right to go to a shower, left to go to a bath, um, be able to put him in bed, put him in his chair, and they won't have a machine um on the floor, they'll have this overhead lift, kind of like they have in the hospitals. And they're really looking forward to it. That sounds good. There's a lot of options. Yeah. Well I don't know if you ever heard some of the genesis of this, but um Lico is a big patient lift manufacturer. And uh It started because a woman was a nurse, and she was coming home every night, and she had all these back pains, and she was complaining to her husband, who was an engineer, and he said, oh, you know, you can come up with a machine. that will do that. She, you know, kind of said, all right, do it. And so he made her a machine and uh, helped her to move patients, and the people in the hospital loved it. And so he started making them, and he formed this company called Leco, and then Hillrom bought them out. Hilram's the largest hospital bed manufacturer in the world out of Batesville, Indiana. And now they own LECO and they're a worldwide provider of patient lifts. Wow. Right. So it's kind of an interesting evolution for everybody came from a uh, husband trying to take care of his wife or maybe keep her quiet. I don't know which, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no matter what, um, It was out of trying to help, and uh, so now you got the Leco patient lifts and sit-to-stand lifts and overhead lifts, and then they have all these other companies that are following in kind and keeping a pretty good competitive edge so that the prices will um, probably go down rather than up if people work on the technology and re-engineer things to take some of the cost out. Interesting. So uh,
0: I I talked to a woman at a support group meeting that was looking to the elevators and ramps and things like that. And she, uh, I said, why don't you just move into a, like a condo or something like that? And she said, she, she loves her house. You probably hear that all the time, Mm -hmm. that they, they don't want to move out of their
1: house. They'd rather spend whatever it takes to stay there. Well, I'm always smiling too, is that they, they almost act like they're trying to, Say I got to get the price down, or you know they're not going to do business with us, or something. And I just smile and I go, "Well, ma'am, um, I know that three thousand one hundred dollars for a sterilist seems like a lot, but you go to move and you think about moving, and you got a real estate agent, mm-hmm. you got a moving mm-hmm. company, you got a truck, you got guys, you got a lot going on there, and that all costs money too. I think when it comes down to it, putting a sterilist in is pretty cost effective, right? Right? Because all those other costs for moving not to mention the just the quality of life costs that you got all your friends and family nearby and all of a sudden you're moving and I don't know you know that's a decision you're gonna have to make and I'm I can empathize both ways because having a bigger house that's all laid out might seem good but your tax bill might go up too because a lot of times tax bills are created off a of footprint. And so if you take a 2,000-square-foot home that's two-level and now make a 2,000-square-foot home that's one-level, um, that's a tax bill I think that's twice as high. I'm not a tax expert. but mm-hmm. Somebody could check that out and find out for me. I'd like it just because I can help guide some of these people that, in their understanding because in the end, there's a lot of costs in the movement. Right. And that's why a
0: lot of people i was, I know they say they wish they had a one-floor house, but uh some people are just attached to their house, so it's for a really nice nice house is pretty expensive. Three thousand dollars is not that much compared to the price of the house. hmm
1: Right. The cost of moving gets pretty high.
0: hmm Okay, so uh so if you have the pay the Parkinson's patient comes in before they even need these things, maybe ramps, they could just have a discussion with you, and you could set up a file, I guess. To, cause, and, th- and then as they get worse, they can come back and sort of pick what they want to change. Does that does that make sense?
1: Yes. And, and I love when people get into the conversation before they build a house. Maybe before, you know, it's almost like uh, somebody should... It's a, The stuff that kills you is the stuff you... Don't know, you don't know. Right. Um, The width of a door. I have a gentleman that wants to put a patient lift in, and I asked him just over the phone, "What's the width of your doorways?" He goes, "Well, let me go check." He said one of them was twenty-six inches wide, and I go, "That's not very wide, (laughs) sir." (laughs) And he goes, "You know, I didn't think of that." Mm -hmm. I go, "Yeah, that's." And he's like, "I'm gonna have to widen that door, aren't I?" I said, "Well." That seems like, truthfully, that seems like the cheaper option because you're limiting yourself on the, the machines that you can use on a 26-inch wide door. And so he's kind of in that scratching his head, thinking about what he wants mode. But if you're early on and you can get doorways to be 36 inches, if you have a choice and you have the choice between a 30-inch door and a 36-inch door, choose the 36-inch door. Mm-hmm. It might be a little bit now, but it's going to help you later because um, (laughs) a gentleman had me come to do a ramp. And, you know, I looked at it. I created some pencil drawings and kind of said, okay, this is what I recommend. And then I look, I said, can I see the wheelchair? And he showed me the wheelchair because his wife was in rehab at the time. And I realized that the wheelchair was wider than his door. And so I told him that you're probably going to need to widen that door before I even think about a ramp because you're not going to get her out of the house with that. <laughs> the width of the do- I mean, the width of the door was narrower than the width of a wheelchair, and the math just wasn't going to work. <laughs> and he just looked at me, and he goes, I never thought of that. And I go, yeah, sometimes it's nice for a guy like me to come in with a you know, fresh set of eyes that can point out stuff that has been there the whole time, and you just didn't even think about
0: it. Right. Good. So so definitely a good, a good idea as soon as you're diagnosed to d- develop a relationship with your company.
1: Yeah. Well, we're here to help. So just to be able to walk through and say, okay, these are some things you can think about. You know, like a portable ramp even might be a difficulty because the portable ramp have, have a little bit of a, a two-inch, um, I wouldn't call it a rail, I just call it a, um, a safety so people don't go driving off the edge of a portable ramp, but that can be a problem because you have a storm door, maybe. And that storm door will now get caught up on that little edge of that portable ramp. So maybe we can point out, okay, here's here's a way you can solve that. Um, you can take off the storm door, but if you like your storm door, then maybe you uh, get a different type of ramp that's wider, but doesn't have that lip on it. Just right. a lot of little things.
0: Yeah. So that, that just want to me into the idea that, I know you don't talk about yourself personally, but what, what was your job before you, uh, you did this for the government? Oh, it, it'll put I things was, in perspective.
1: <laughs> I was the, uh, well, I went to the Naval Academy, and I got an engineering degree, because everybody's got to be an engineer from the Naval Academy, and then I was a Marine pilot for 11 years, and I flew helicopters and jets, and uh, I was the quality officer for a Harrier program, so I not only flew them, but I uh, made sure they were uh, working. So my joke is that they always handed me the worst aircraft every day to go flying in because I was a quality officer. And I'm like, I don't know if I like this job. I always get the worst aircraft. Right. <laughs> and they said, they said, well, we know you're checking the, the quality. Then you're not going to let anything launch that isn't going to work. And so uh, you come to realize that quality is pretty important when it comes to machines and Way things are done, and doing them by a certain procedure and process, so that uh, you can depend on. Right. So, so, so you're definitely qualified to do this.
0: What we're talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, i probably a little, maybe a but, little overqualified, but uh, the good news is I'm able able to help people out. And uh, the the worst thing that happens is the stops. We're doing a lot better than when an aircraft stops midair.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: It's it a little more complicated.
0: So, so those Harrier is that the jump jets?
1: Yeah, yeah. Our, my squadron helped support that movie. I don't know if you ever saw it, True Lies right. with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, it was a lot of fun. They went down to Key West, and I was stuck up in North Carolina making sure they had good aircraft. And uh, one day they said they needed to change out an aircraft, and I said, "Well, why don't I bring it down to you?" They go, "Oh no, you're not." <laughs> I go, "What do you mean?" They go we're going water skiing with Jamie Lee Curtis tomorrow and you are not getting on that boat. I go, Whoa what? And they go, no, we'll just come and pick that up. I'm like, you guys are not taking care of me. But, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good, uh, it was a, definitely a good introduction for this. And, uh, it's, it was a lot of fun. And you know, when you have trouble
0: fixing something, you know, it's always possible to fix it just a matter of time. So you, you don't give up till you
1: learn it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, there are certain things that the top mechanics do versus um, some of the things I've seen where people have tried to move a stairlift from that they got on uh, online. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lindell's one of my my basically my lead technician, and he was out in New York, and he called me. He was supposed to do service on a stairlift, and he called and said. Craig, you're going to need to come see this. And I looked, and I'm I'm, like, all right. So I got in the car and drove over there, and I look, and sure enough, this guy's neighbors had all pitched in and went on uh, Craig's list and bought him a stair lift. And they went and installed it, and it was a thing to behold. And (laughs) I looked at the guy, I think his name was Bill, and I said, Bill, was there alcohol involved when they installed this? (laughs) Well, I don't think so. And sure enough, um, on his maiden voyage, on his stairlift, it got about halfway down the stairs and stopped. The reason was because there were two rails, and where they were attached, they weren't necessarily straight. There was a little angle in there. The stairlift got to that middle section, and it said, I don't do turns. I'm a straight stairlift. And uh, Lindell did a nice job of helping the gentleman out and getting it running but uh, it would not be the way I'd recommend it so sometimes people will call me and they'll ask you know my grandma's stair lift I'd like to put in my house now and like no problem if you got it running we'll come make sure it works and then we'll remove it and we'll reinstall it and the key is going to be the how old it is if there are parts available so they get too old and there aren't the parts are obsolete and they might not be able to do anything with it. Um, So it's really going to depend, but we can at least help advise people at least. And sometimes we just do it over the phone and say, okay, this is what I do. You know, if somebody wants to change batteries or something, I say, okay, open it up, take pictures, go take your batteries over to batteries plus, tell them you want the exact same batteries, come back, out your pictures, make sure you put it back the way it's supposed to be. You could wind things down now a little bit. You think we hit all the topics? I think so. Uh, one thing with one-on-one mobility is that, uh, we're a franchise. So there's 70 of us across the country. And because of that, we get better pricing because there's just nobody that buys as many machines as we do. And then, uh, we get some good uh, marketing materials, both electronically and the website. So you can always visit our website or, uh, brochures if you want i can bring some over you can come by and get some and then uh, the third thing probably the best part is we get together every six months and we compare notes and we learn from each other so there's nothing like 70 owners getting together and pointing out this is what i learned here don't do it this way i learned the hard way or um you know here's a new company that is out there with a new machine that I think is going to help change people's lives. And we're all, all ears to that stuff. So rather than being, because we have a choice, like I got four different lifts I can offer, um, Bruno Harmar, uh, Handycare and Severia. And I don't have to sell a lift. I'm more of a consultant. I go, okay, I think this lift is a better application for this situation versus selling one kind of stairlift and, you're gonna to have to like this in every application. Right. I don't I'm not I don't have to do it that way and a lot of times I'll I'll take two choices to a customer so they know that they have a choice. If you like this, this'll be important to you. Um, and it, it it's very nice from where I sit is I don't have to be a salesman, I can be a consultant. Right. And you, you, you give at least your
0: company and yourself to give a uh, give it appearance like you go the extra mile
1: for people. And you, you know, well, the I hope hang that we try. We try our best. Right. The problem is right. we, we, we sometimes we're just not growing as fast as we should. Mm-hmm. And so I get 10 calls in the morning and we're looking at each other going, <laughs> uh, you know, sorry, ma'am, I'm not going to be able to help you today. You're going to be on the lower priority because I got somebody who's stuck and they really need yeah. our help right now. So I feel like a doctor going into triage and, trying to right. decide who
0: gets the emergency room first right the sickest ones first right, right. but uh you, but if you do when you have the time to see the people everybody is satisfied it seems that's the impression i got well, when thanks. i saw you at the at the support group meeting you have an empathy yeah, you. Yeah.
1: We've, had, we've had some great customers and they're like family um and it, it's fun because you know they're appreciative of our work and it's always good to do work that people appreciate so uh, it's it's a lot of fun helping people out
0: and where where's the uh the best way to contact you for, for, is it the harrisburg.101 mobility.com or the phone or texting yeah or- they,
1: they can go on our website and there's a place where you can put a contact information in uh you can call the phone um my email address is c lucas at 101mobility.com so an email works too so um the good news is uh we got a new customer service person that just started so she'll be able to help too and uh her name's Dina and uh so I I'm getting help yeah so that's all good
0: and people could feel if they just want to talk and learn some things they could do that too right Right. Okay. They we shouldn't try
1: feel. To, they shouldn't yeah. feel.
0: They shouldn't feel afraid to
1: call you without being ready to buy something. Right. Right. Yeah. If they have questions, we we enjoy talking to people. The problem might be that we might have more people calling than we have the ability to answer at the same time. Right. But we try to get back to everybody before we go home every night. So um, as long as you don't mind getting a call at eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. then uh, we'll try to return those calls and, and make sure that we're taking care of everybody.
0: Good. Well, well thanks for coming on the show. I hope we uh, spread your message a little bit because it, uh, I like what you what you do. It helps people. And I think the more people have these items, the less falls there'll be. Yeah. Yeah. We'll never know the falls we prevented. Right. And but uh, like we always say, it's not just the patient's fall. It's the spouse, the children, you know, that are affected by that.
1: Definitely. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks, Warren. I appreciate it. It's fun to talk about it, and hopefully we can help somebody out somewhere.